Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of uh, last year's podcast. I am your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your other co-host, whatever the heck, Nick. Yeah, Nick's uh, feeling great. Uh, this is our podcast. Yeah. We're a couple of friends that are half a continent apart, despite how different part of time of day it is and day of the week and etc and preparedness etc i mean we're super prepared that's what i meant to say um uh, also Jeff, like why I don't, does our have, show not say something about dying to a rocket falling from the sky what are you talking about Jeff? do you not know what that's referencing no what's that reference everybody's ref- or everybody's freaking out about the chinese well again apparently not everybody <laughs> apparently not everybody I'm, I'm out of touch no there's there's a chinese rocket normally all their own shenanigans happen on their own stuff but there's going to be at least some amount of a rocket land somewhere. Uh, and there, it's so uncontrolled that like it's going it, to... Nobody knows where it's going to hit. So there's like a 100-foot rocket that some amount of pieces of will land in potentially anywhere. So Hey, Jeff. Know. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, and it'll probably be today. So hopefully hopefully this works out. But oh, you know God. what? If not, it was good. It was good times last week. Do you remember? Have you? Is your brain booted up and you can you can recall topics from a couple days ago? Who? I'll catch you up. <laughs> I, uh, did, we, I did remember. <laughs> one on. of the things we talked about. <clears throat> I was talking about goose a uh, goose story from my childhood, and like in the middle of telling the story, like I had this realization. Like I don't have any idea why we had geese. Like what? Like. I, yeah, I don't fundamentally understand, like, because you don't really have geese eggs, right? Like, you don't, like, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can. I just, I, I we definitely uh, didn't. Uh, like, I, I literally <laughs> couldn't remember anything as to why we had a goose uh, or multiple uh, gooses. Um, so I asked my dad, uh, or, I, or asked both my parents why we had geese <laughs> yesterday, because <laughs> I happened to be talking to him, I thought of it, and like, I just, I also, like, it just it had, like, stuck in my brain is like, why the why heck the did we have geese? Um, I have received no further clarity. <laughs> <laughs> I was fully expecting you to be like, oh, well, they're really good for managing these kinds of fields. And they like do really good things for these kinds of flowers. Uh, nope. Just, okay. Just no, because, no good re- because you can, apparently, uh, like, I don't like, uh, and maybe you could give me some like insight as to like why a, a person would want to do such a thing. I mean, you know, I, I do play video games and stuff, and like technically that doesn't matter. But like, I can't. I don't uh, know. That's your, par- your parents are just weird geese people. That's what I've learned. They're just <laughs> <laughs> the weird no, lots of stuff people. Um, no, I mean that's that's. I, I assume it's just that, right? Is that they just wanted like a pet or whatever? And they, they're like, yeah, we could take care of some geese, right? That'd be fun. Yeah. Right? Like, no, I, I mean I that assume- was the closest explanation I could get. Uh, was. Uh, you know, yeah, we we had geese because it was a thing that we just wanted to try, I guess, and it was we have we have the space and the land to do it, so why not? Because why not? Uh, I'm picturing your like you asking your parents like, hold on, why do we have geese? Uh, why do we have geese? And they're like, uh, because we wanted geese, duh. And that's just it. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not terribly far. Uh, okay. Anyways. Uh, so the the thing that came from that though was another hilarious story. Uh, which I will now share on this podcast, Nick. Uh, so we, That's how we do a, the podcast. I, I, I know I mentioned we had geese and I've already started the edit for our last show. This is a very weird recording. If you didn't catch it from the intro, we have released none of the last two episodes that we've recorded. Um, anyways, in editing the last show, I think I mentioned that we had geese and chickens. One thing I didn't mention, or I'm not sure that I mentioned, I can't remember, uh, is ducks. Did I mention that we had ducks also? 
It's not coming to mind. Okay. Well, anyways, we had ducks also. And I was talking to my dad, and he shared the story. Like, first off, we had uh, ducks. You just had all the, all the birds, really. You just had, like, I, all, yeah. Yes, we've had all of the birds. Um, got the achievement for it. So we had ducks early on, and uh, when they were pretty young, uh, my dad set up this like little pool for them and like a little ramp so they could walk up to the pool and they could swim around and do duck things. Uh, and then the ducks got bigger, and then the ducks flew away, <laughs> and uh, the ducks were never to be seen again. Okay, <laughs> as I, I mean, got to trim those wings. If you don't, they're gone. And then my parents decided they wanted to do ducks and turkeys, and they put them in the same pen, and it was really cute for a good while. Uh, until they started to want to go into the, the little pool and all the ducks and turkeys went up the ramp and my dad came out the next day to all the t- turkeys had drowned in the pool. Oh no. <laughs> because turkeys <laughs> can't that? swim. No, they can't. And they're dumb as hell. Oh my God, Jeff. <laughs> Oh my god! So that is that is so terrible. But it like I like in hindsight, obviously makes sense. But like you know, we just they're they're all birds. They can hang out in this pen that we had the ducks that just flew away. So that'll be fine. Oh man, I think I I think I have a different image of your parents now. I've always thought of them as very, (laughs) (laughs) very very nice, smart people. Now I'm just like, yeah, they just mess around with birds for. (laughs) (laughs) The ducks ducks flew away. Us Kansas people are weird people, man. No, it's not fair. Your parents are awesome, but, but at the uh, same time, eh, and weird. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, we had we had ducks at this point, and they uh, grew up and did the same thing. Uh, we did not clip their wings to the extent they couldn't fly apparently enough to get over the fence, and they were gone. Uh, however, these ones would kind of come back around occasionally um, and like fly around. <laughs> and one time, one of the ducks, uh, my dad, or uh, my dad assumed that one of the ducks that had came by was one of those original ducks. And so was calling for him and he was like standing in the doorway. Well, he flew right toward my dad uh, and my dad ducked out of the way. He flew into the house and landed in the sink while my mother was uh, cleaning dishes <laughs> and just like plopped right into the sink. <laughs> it was like just complete mayhem. Um, but yeah, I had completely forgotten about that story until I asked about why. Think, why we you have think these. it was mayhem for you, dude? The duck was probably very concerned. Probably like, what the heck? I'm just trying to get a bath. I'm just trying to hang out in the sink. There is water in here. <laughs> this, but that's not the normal water. Uh-huh. It's not. There's dishes. Oh my gosh! Um, anyway, really so good. that's my goose follow up uh, for today. I, I love it, dude. I love it. I, I, there's so much. There's so much there. There's so much there with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> my very weird childhood immortalized in podcast form. Okay, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, Nick, is public speaking. What are your thoughts on public speaking? I know we probably have talked about this a little bit, given the fact that we talk about socially anxious and blah 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 quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, one of my first college courses was a, uh, like a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for where it's it's just like a, an elective or whatever that was like public speaking. I hate public speaking. It's the worst. It's hard. It's scary. I don't like it. Uh, that's my thoughts. (laughs) Did you, uh, did you do any, uh, like, uh, band or like anything where you'd go out and perform, not public speaking, but like would be in front of an audience? No, I mean, I played basketball, but, um, no, I, I, it was so you know it's kind of publicish, but no, I didn't I do any. I didn't do band or anything like that. So growing up, I, I did a lot of like band and miscellaneous performing arts stuff, and drummed in front of people a lot. Uh, so like that stuff for whatever reason has never really bothered me. But I I growing up especially I hated public speaking. I had, same thing when I was in 
early on in college had a public speaking class and um let me did fine but it was like i i just i never got comfortable with it and and then for my job uh it started to become a thing that i needed to be good at and so there is a thing out in the world that a lot of like organizations that have a large enough group of people where it makes sense but uh, it's it's like a public speaking group called toastmasters not sure if you've ever heard of that before or not i have not but it is effectively just a a, a thing where usually like either before work or after work a group of people will get together and practice uh doing public speaking things and so i did that early on in my career and got really comfortable with it and i think i did that for maybe a half a year a year or so like that but anyways i've gotten a lot more comfortable with it and hasn't really been a thing that has bothered me because i do do it quite a bit uh, for my job, I, I right. have to do proposals for people and pres- present things and PowerPoints and blah, 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 and do all the things and all that, all that stuff. So I like, it's not really a thing. Like, in fact, I kind of enjoy it to some extent. And then we had the pandemic, Nick. Uh, and then you don't do in-person meetings for over a year now. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, and maybe did you just like hindsight, lose all your touch or anything, or did it like did it, does it feel awkward now that that you've had a year removed from public speaking? We are back in person uh, these uh, past I don't know couple of months or so, and we've just opened up to do. Um, uh, like in-person meetings and stuff like that. I mean, it's still spread out and whatever, but like it's actually in person again. And in hindsight, it definitely makes sense that it was a learned skill, but I did not really realize like how quickly that muscle would atrophy. Um, having not done a public speaking sort of thing where I have 10 or 15 or so people uh, in a big room and presenting a proposal to them, I, 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 like it, it was it was like jarring to me because like leading into it, I was excited because like I haven't got to do this in for forever and it'll be really fun. Um, yeah. And I got and the reason why I I quickly realized that it was uh, much more uh, of a whole deal than I had originally anticipated going into that was like within seconds of uh, starting the proposal, my Apple Watch told me that I have a high heart rate <laughs> given the fact that I haven't <laughs> been uh, that I'm just sitting here. Hey, you're nervous, which is not like super helpful Apple Watch. No, no, I was going to say that's not that's not the thing you need to hear at the moment. Well, it's interesting. I would have thought actually that you would have done okay with it because I feel like um, because I feel like these podcasts have really helped me stay slightly. So so for for listeners, I am not uh, I'm not doing any like uh regular zoom calls or anything like that so my social circles and social skills have really freaking uh narrowed in the the, during the pandemic and i feel like when i have to make small talk with people i feel like i've forgotten how to do so but (laughs) when i have a normal conversation for more than just like 30 seconds i feel like you and i doing these podcasts has really really helped and i would have thought that this uh would have helped but i could see how it'd be very different from public speaking still unfortunately (laughs) Yeah, so. I mean, it is because I mean, at the end of the day, um, the number of people that I was speaking in front of is far less than the number of people that are going to listen to this dumb show. And I was 70,000 times more prepared. This may be a shocker uh, for that presentation <laughs> than I am for any one of these uh, podcasts. So, yeah, I I wouldn't have expected the extent to which it felt very uncomfortable uh, but it felt very uncomfortable. Like I, like it was very, very clear that like I had not done this because it's not a thing that you know I I naturally do uh, comfortably. Like it's just not not in my personality. I I'm an introvert totally. and I like I, I like to you know play video games and 
and read books and stupid stuff that doesn't involve other people. Uh, you know, it, there's been a couple things since then. I think it'll be just fine. It just need to do it a couple more times, and I'll be totally. back to to where I was. But like, yeah, no, it was. It was just really funny because it's like, yeah, I, I get it, Apple Watch. I also feel the way that I feel. Thank you. <laughs> the Apple Watch calling you out didn't help. That's good to know. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> My last topic for today, and I would like to kind of get your thoughts on it, um, is uh, this is something I don't know how I didn't get it onto the podcast because it's something that is right up my alley of space stuff uh, as a recurring segment on our show. But um, we never talked about the fact uh, that officially uh, Axiom partnered with SpaceX is going to be sending uh, non-astronaut people to the uh, the space station. Like, is this something that has made it across your radar? Yeah, yeah. I've, I, so I've seen that. Um I, I don't know. How, I have no idea how to feel about that. I mean, last time we had uh, we tried to have a civilian go into space didn't work out great. But I mean, we, it was that was a long time ago, right? So, right. So, so what are your thoughts? Tell, let me into your world, Jeff. Well, and also, me, how much are you willing to sell? Are you willing to sell your children for a chance to get up into space? We'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so I just to catch everybody up, there is uh, four people that are going to be going to the space station. Um, none of which, uh, any of them are active astronauts. The captain of the, uh, the mission will be a former astronaut. Uh, but the other three people are paying, I think it's 55 million, uh, a person to go <sighs> spend eight days on the space station. Um, it'll be, Ooh. yeah, that it, it's a pretty penny. Uh, so, uh, probably not in the budget for this year for me, but you know, we'll see. depends on how no. this podcast okay. does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and Jeff, they, I'm not sure that's in the budget for like LeBron James. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, if you want, if you really wanted to, I feel like I you mean, could I'm swing sure, at 55. Like, I'm just like 55 million is a lot. That's a lot of dollars, Jeff. Uh, and then the, the other thing about this that I wanted to point out is they, and I don't know how much I actually believe this, uh, but they seem to be very intentional about making it not seem like this is just a space vacation for three very rich people um, and one uh, former astronaut. But they 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 like to say that it is all because uh, they are I mean, like it's not it's not untrue. Like they they have lots of research that they're going to be doing partnering with different right. uh, clinics and uh, space organizations as or space agencies. Like there's definitely that part, but I I do feel like you would you would really want to have to see space if this was not you know if you're not a researcher by trade like th that's right. the, the actual reason why you want to pull the trigger. So that brings me to this, Nick. Uh, one, you know, as we go into the uh, you know the future where space tourism to some extent is going to become more normalized and happen more. I mean, assuming that this and subsequent missions don't just, you know, end in catastrophic failure. Is that ever something, obviously money is a thing that would be quite prohibitive presume, presumably in our yeah. lifetime. So let's, let's not assume money side, but like if money were no object, would that be something you would be interested in doing? Yeah. I mean, like, yes. And are, I, there, are there criteria for, is that just a blanket? Yes. I like don't know. I think it's just a blanket. Yes. Like, I think it's just a wildly unique thing to think about or like a wild and like a wildly unique freaking experience. Right. Like I, I, what could ever be that same experience to anyone else? It, you know, I, I don't know how, how else to say it. Just that. So I don't know. if you could go tomorrow, like you got the call from NASA, uh, the, the, the fighter pilot what? from Israel I'm, guy, he's. I'm going to try and ride my bike tomorrow. I probably can't go tomorrow, Jeff. 
Okay. Okay. But like, so that, like seriously, like where you're at in your life right now, you would go tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be like insanely unique and wildly interesting, right? I assume it's the same for you, right? Uh, absolutely. What's your holdups? Absolutely not. Uh, I would, no. I would, I would not do it. Um, well, you could, it, you could die, right? Like that's the scary part is that you could die, right? Like, yeah, I, I just, I, I right now, I mean, today we certainly don't know, um, like what the actual odds are of something going wrong. Um, we just don't have nearly enough data on that. Right. Um, now having kids changes that discussion a little bit too. Cause like, I would certainly not want to do it until they were like young adults or something like that. Like I don't sure. want to do it while they're still in the house and then leave my poor wife to raise two crazy kids. Aside from that, like I just personally, I, I'm, I'm I'm too risk averse to to sign up for something like that. Like I just it's too it's a bridge too far for me. Unless we were one, like I said, uh, you know, maybe 15 years from now, uh, and then two that it was proven to be like in the same sense that like flying is absolutely ridiculous in the like at, from it like right like at, like. like yeah, flying in the first years that flying was was allowed is definitely a different uh, different conversation than flying today on commercial airlines, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and you know the reason why I am going to or why I forced you to record on a weekend with me is because I'm going to be flying for work, and right. I feel no anxiety about that at all because I do something uh, far far more risky than that on a daily basis, driving my stupid car. So. Yep. I if it ever got to that extent that it's like, hey, you used to take these risks all the time before we had self-driving cars that took all that problem away. Um, it's it's not even as risky as driving a car. Then, in then I would be much more willing to do it because you're 100 percent right. right. Like the experience there is that's it's wild for yeah on the on the scale of human existence that is not a thing that we understand how wild that would be like i am i am infinitely jealous of the people that get to do stuff like go to the moon like like that isn't even it, it can't even be internalized i don't think what that would be like um right. but, but even going to the space station i i also don't think that you could really internalize what that would really be like in in multiple ways too i think that it kind of um you know i'm not good at delineating between type one fun and type two fun but it's it's uh like you'd have this you could you'd have a badge of honor for the rest of your life of like yeah i I went so far outside of like what humans are supposed to do i went to the freaking moon or i went to the space there's not even supposed to be life out there (laughs) yeah like i i think it'd be wildly interesting um, I, I I don't know the the whole thing is you're you're probably right it probably is super contingent on uh, safety stuff I'm uh, you already know this uh, but for our poor listeners at home having to deal with my like duhness uh, I am a little bit out of my out of my normal cognizant cognizant realm and I did not even consider safety Jeff I just was like yeah I'd want to go to the to space Jeff of course. <laughs> space what are you dumb uh, well yeah. i i do i hate to tell you nick but this podcast is contractually binding so nasa already knows damn it um so if your number's called you're going okay yeah it's, it's all right NASA. it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh so nick we have our main topic this week that i literally like most weeks have no even guess as to where you're going with this okay so um my sister and i were having a really interesting conversation because she had some documentary on in the background while i was over uh with her the other day and uh and she was talking about how it is affecting her uh or about how she's got to consider 
certain modern changes while she's raising her child. Um, so, like, basically, we were watching uh, this documentary on in the background was talking about how parents and parenting has changed in the last, like, X amount of years because of um, parents not having a trade, parents not having the same traditional uh, kind of work that they used to have, parents having different ages from their children. Lots of parents are having children later in life. And, like, do you feel like this? Do you feel like the like the family unit unit and when you started having children, when you started considering having children, and like the age difference and like it's things like this uh, are things that are different for you than they were for your parents? I would <clears throat> so I'll answer that I know two different I know ways. Broad. Um, so for me personally, I am like the most stereotypical like old way of like timing and etc. Like. My wife and I met young. We married very young. Uh, we went to school together, so we're the same age. Had kids relatively young-ish. So very, very much the old way of doing things. All that to said, like... How old, how old were you when you had uh, your, your oldest, when you had Avery? Um, So... Uh, Would have been 28. 27 or 28. Okay. So not... Yeah, I mean, not as young as certainly uh, many people, but I feel like that that is that yeah. is fairly typical of like my parents' generation, uh, particularly even slightly older. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, um, it feel I feel very similar to my parents um, from you know my personal perspective. But I definitely, definitely feel like it is changing in lots of different ways on uh, on the broader scale. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think it is changing quite a bit. And you, so your problem, so that example of you guys, one, you guys marrying young is is a little bit different than the norm. Honestly, is a bigger difference than the the child. Because I think that uh, twenty eight. I don't have the uh, the number in front of me anymore because I'm dumb. But uh, I know that uh, the age at which people have their first child is going up. And I think that you're actually kind of more in the middle than you might think. Like I think that uh, our parents' age had like the average adult woman had a child at like 21 as early back as like 1960, I think on average or something like that in America. I, I should, I, that's the one that I apologize to our listeners. I don't have that number in front of me because I spaced and didn't uh, write it down, but it's an interesting trend that we already are having kids later and later into life. Um, and so the, well, the and, and like also that manifests itself in uh, like buying houses much later slash never. Yes. Uh, so that that is a lot different as well, <laughs> which probably follows those two things quite closely. Like those right. are probably highly correlated. So uh, so the the what I ended up researching or, or looking up a lot of was um, how like the family unit has changed. I know that um, you know I don't I don't want it to be at all political for our viewers or anything. I know that there are a lot of like narratives around the family unit and stuff like that and like. But the, the family unit in America has changed a lot over, like, every major part of our history. Because, like, so as if you go back to 1800, the average amount of uh, children per, uh, per woman in America was over seven. Over seven children per freaking family. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and yeah. then it, it basically, like, gradually declines throughout the whole 1800s. And then we hit industrialization, and it slows down a ton as uh, pa- as parents are having to go out of their home to work more instead of having to working from home. Uh, industrialization changes this, like, really drastically. And, we get a, and then we get to the Great Depression, which changes it even more drastically. Um, and people start considering when they have children because... In it, through the industrial area era and uh, prior to it, uh, the family unit was a unit that was literally beneficial for 
production. I think the quote that I saw that I thought summed it up well was uh, prior to the industrial era, uh, the family unit was a unit of production and after it was a unit of consumption. And that is very indicative of like how our society has changed overall, but it's also very, uh, it's, it's also very indicative of like, so before the, the industrial era, when we have so many factory jobs and so many people leaving the home for work and people working different and kind of strange hours as opposed to producing from home, uh, we have it before that people are having kids to create a bigger workforce and to have labor on the, ha- the house. And also this creates a very strong, uh, a very strong relationship between the parents because the parents are able to pass on their own trades and their own uh, livelihoods and teach their children what they're what they're doing. Um, it's also an interesting time because uh, we kind of consider that you know women ha- like we, the we think of the old school nuclear family unit as being a male breadwinner and a wife uh, home uh, homekeeper. What's the word? Mm-hmm. I don't know the word. But it wasn't really true prior to the industrial era when women and even after in a lot of cases, but women still produced a lot they just didn't produce the same things that men did they just didn't do the the physical labor that men did and they also weren't the 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 managing the managing members of the household and like legislation and stuff like in unfair treatment of women it contributes that a ton but it wasn't just that women just sat around and cooked and stuff they just did different labor for the home and did different things so that they could sell different different things or they might uh create the clothes and stuff because you know it's better for you to be creating uh, to be selling your clothes than it is for you to be going out and buying clothes right um there's this trend in america of like in our basically our entire history with one exception being after world war ii where we're having less and less and less children per family and it's becoming more and more as every with every major change the, with uh, you know post slavery, uh, post industrialization, after the the Great Depression, and then the exception of after uh, World War II when we have this huge economic boom and we have the baby boom. Basically, our every generation thinks of marriage and ch- having children as a little bit more of a thing that you do as a capstone of your of your uh, adulthood, something you do after college, after starting your career, after getting financially stable, and less of a thing at, that starts your uh, your adulthood. Basically, the point huh. being that... Yeah. Uh, is, that's true, right? Like, that's what I was going to say. Is, I, I think your your example is like a perfect one of like you and your, your you and Katie were together uh, very, at a very young age, but you still were financially stable when you started having kids, right? Right. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, I, know sure. that I'm, I'm, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm on a, a, a long uh, point here, but just that. And I, I, that's exactly where I feel. Me and Jen haven't had uh, kids yet. And like the reason being that, you know, if I had done so at 21 or whatever that age was, that it was normal in the 60s. Uh, I mean, that that would have been scary as hell. And I would have been way over <laughs> my head. <laughs> well, and I think. I think too, um, you know, that's a little bit of a byproduct of. I, I honestly, I don't even know exactly the right way to put it into words, but because we are a much more connected society, you're exposed to a lot more different thoughts and opinions, totally. and so you're much less likely to just do what your older, your, what your parents did, or what the people that are older yeah. than you did. And I think, I think we very, I mean, and honestly, based in with you know good, <laughs> good backing evidence that yeah, you're. Your kids will be more successful if you are more financially stable um, than if you had them when you were at, you know, 16 and finishing high school. Like it's just 
if the the environment that a child is raised in is uh, certainly a highly correlated variable with how they actually you know finish high school and go to college and get a job and etc. Um, like that, using that as a very very narrow example, but like we're yeah. we're exposed to a lot more info than we would have been you know uh, yeah back and it really opens up opportunity right like the, it opens up your opportunity to do all kinds of different things right to your yeah. point yeah and i think it is i think just i mean this is not exactly the direction that you were going with this but you're fine i also feel like it's just very very interesting how different cultures um that vastly vastly different um, outcomes as far as what the family family unit looks like, because yeah. uh, I I work with people in India uh, relatively frequently, and or it's it's not uncommon at all for them to live with their parents well into their kids, um, you know, growing right. up, and really only moving out when it's time for their kids to start having a family. So there's like multi-family living situations as kind of the default in India. And I just, it's such a foreign concept to me. Like that would feel like it would feel weird, right? You would be seen as a bum if that was the case now. Like it's just, it's something that is so, uh, it has so much a negative, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stigma? Stigma. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. Uh, it has such a negative stigma, uh, today. Like if you were to do that now, like it's just not, but like if you were to do that in another country, it'd be like, oh yeah, of course, that's how it works. I also feel like it's a negative stigma and I feel like it's kind of a, a an unfair one. What a like what a boon that is if you can stay with your parents at like very little additional cost to them to like be able to start your career with like extra savings because you're not paying rent at some place and like rent has gotten really, really expensive in some parts of the country. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be it, it to me it should be more accepted uh, I, you know i also am not saying that to try to mooch off my parents any longer than, like or you know off the parents <laughs> generation but like you know if i was 20 right now it and like i was going to school especially i would not want to move out until i was like really financially stable because like you know you're, you're just putting yourself at risk and adding un, undue uh expenses to your life right and to me that makes more sense and, and then also like to your point so we weren't always like this. I, I didn't understand. I can't find a good reason why. But uh, so it through most of the 1800s, that was also just the case in uh, America. Oh, you know what? I have a, I have a theory on why it's not the case in, in America. But I, I feel bad like uh, speculating. But I do know that um, in the 1900s, America expanded a lot and gave away a lot of free land. And maybe like it was with giving away a lot of land to people. Uh, it, that gave people the opportunity to move out at a younger age. Maybe, I don't know, but, uh, but basically I saw throughout the, or like when I was reading this, there, there was a, uh, about like the change of the family unit and stuff in the 1800s. It was pretty normalized to have multiple generations into the same household for, for most of it. And that makes sense to me, especially like if you're running a farm, like why would you not, you know, like work with your dad's farm and like until you're, until you know he's too old and then he can retire in the farm and like why not like what does that hurt you know of all this i think the thing i feel most strongly about is the decrease in number of kids um like i yeah. i am far enough removed from needing kids to work on the farm that uh <laughs> like that's no that's a zero percent consideration right and and I think this is maybe a shift that is evidenced in other areas too, because our generation and generations younger than us 
um, value, and we talked a little bit about this, well, quite a bit about this last time, we, we value experience and stuff much more than actually physically having the thing. Like we don't, we don't right. care about having a CD. We can just, we have access through Spotify or whatever to stream it. Like we don't yep. care that we own the, I don't know, the DVD of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Like we could just stream it on oh, Netflix. I do, I, 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 please don't talk about my prize possession like that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go ahead. But similarly, like because of our bent toward, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, valuing experiences, you don't have, I mean, it sounds bad, but like you don't have as as close and as fun experiences with, you know, if you have seven kids, because you can't go do stuff. And like, I want to go do stuff. I want to go see the world. I want to like, I don't know, maybe that's the millennial in me speaking, but like, I want to go on vacations and go to other countries and do the things. And from a, just a pure logistical standpoint, that's quite difficult if you have more than a couple of kids. Like you get outnumbered. Like that's just not going to happen. But then also, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, I mean, the more you got, the more plane tickets you have to buy, the more, you know, the, yeah. it's just, it gets no, it, it exponentially adds a lot more of, difficult. It adds a lot of logistical complications and financial complications that I don't think were always prevalent, right? Like I don't, I, I think that when your kids were working with you and stuff, that would be much less of a consideration. And I think that, you know, as we have this way more global world where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to go on a friggin' flight to so-and-so place. You know, that wasn't a thing as far back as like, you know, a, a, I don't know, I guess our, probably our great grandparents probably didn't have that option. Right. So I, I, I think you're totally, re- I don't think you're being selfish or uh, like overly millennial here. I just think that that's a, a normal complication that's just been added on. And I, you know, I, I think we've been made comfortable to the fact that we can just own that. And like, and like, it doesn't feel like I'm saying a bad thing. Like, I mean, maybe to some extent with the, with the right audience, like maybe that would sound like I'm being um, selfish or something like that. But right. like at the end of the day, I think it's just best for us. Like we're just not, we're not the type of family that's going to have, uh, you know, five kids and, you know, not lose our minds. Like my wife has reentered the workforce and really enjoys it. And like, that's just right. not a super, feasible thing if you have five kids like you can't it's just not it's not realistic or at least not realistic and then you know not lose your mind in the process Uh, another logistical thing with that is that that's compounded even more by having kids start starting having kids later right like you you know if your wife was to have five kids so i saw a stat that like um up until like 1850 or something like that the average woman had uh or maybe it's 1820 the average woman had two or a child every two years from the time they were 20 until yeah that's just it, crazy like yeah <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, one oh, yikes two like so it, there's so many so many logistical problems with that one okay so when you're having a kid that's going to put a strain on your ability to work so if you're if you're katie or whatever and you like want to be able to work it's hard to do that if you keep popping out a kid every two years and there's nothing against anyone who wants to pop out a kid every two years and if you can make it work with work you are way better at time management than i am but i would not be able to (laughs) and then two like dude if she if she wanted to have five kids say you wanted to have one every two years starting from what you guys said 28 I mean, that would mean she'd be having kids until she was 38, right? Which is later than most parents want to have kids because... Nick, literally the thought, the the literal thought at this point, and I'm only like, I mean, actually, you know what? I'm still in it right now with diapers. The thought of starting over and signing myself up to be doing that because like, you know, it takes like a year or so to make them (laughs) or whatever. And then you you got like another few years after that. Like the thought of doing that until 2025 is not 
nope, not interested. Uh, <laughs> zero out of ten. I don't like that. Just seems wild yeah. to me. And not only would you be doing it until twenty twenty five, what if you'd be having a a, a child until twenty forty three at that rate? If you, <laughs> no, you know what I mean, exactly. Like, it just that's it puts this huge i think logistically it's like way hard that's that's just a very very challenging uh thing to sell to my people. advice to any potential parents out there <laughs> get in get out like just get through the terrible first three years as fast as you can in as condensed a phase as possible like the people oh that God. have like kids and like a kid that is like you know 18 and then another kid that's like four like why like uh, you know what causes that stop it <laughs> <laughs> you know what causes that <laughs> yeah. no, it, I, I'm completely with you man I'm completely with you I, that would be like unfeasible to me and it would be very like but you said okay so so let me um, let me end with this with a uh, with uh, two things here is uh, so despite all these like birth rate drops um, we still have 90% of Americans will marry and have kids and most who divorce because I, uh, one of the things that was like a prevalent thing with this, that divorce wasn't really allowed until um, the sixties uh, base or it wasn't allowed under normal pretenses until like the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people who divorce will remarry and 90% of Americans still marry and have kids, which is to me kind of wild considering that the number has gone down. Uh, the number of children per household has gone down and we have all of these non-traditional uh, family units that I think are like a really good thing um, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, the other thing is that parents having kids later can actually be like super beneficial because especially uh, like having their first child later, uh, parents will have uh, can give their children more attention and the children are more of the center of their lives because the parents are more accomplished in their career and their social lives already. They've already done more of what they want to do and they're able to devote more of their energy and time towards them. And I think that's a really cool thing. Like I, I, I didn't even think of that. Like I've never thought of that, but I, I can think of a specific example in my life of a, uh, of, of a friend who uh, his parents had him when they, I think they were 40 um, and he was their first child and like whatever. And they're incredibly close. And, uh, you know, that's very, very anecdotal, but it makes sense, right? Like if you have a parent who's 20, there's nothing wrong with anybody out there who's a parent at 20. And I'm sure you're able to give your parent, but you probably have more complications about adulthood and more things going on in your life that you have to settle than a person who is 30, right? Yeah. Then, well, like, like I, the, the flexibility in my job that I have now compared to, uh, when I was 22, um, is right. quite vast. Uh, <laughs> I, I like, you know, to have to show up at, you know, 8am and, and work and like you have your lunch scheduled and, and whatever, and you go home at five and like, there's really no wiggling from that to like, right. you know, more, uh, when you're further in your career and you can kind of, I mean, it sounds a little bit, uh, maybe it's a little over dramatic for a lot of people, but for some people it's yeah. just like, okay, I can kind of just do whatever. Like everybody's cool with whatever, as long as the work get done, work gets done. The work and got done. That's a lot more. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I learned good in college. Um, <laughs> But no, like just to be able to have the flexibility, like if I want to go, you know, visit my wife and kids who are at the zoo, um, I, I can, you know, take a two hour lunch if I wanted to right. and like be able to do that sort of stuff. That certainly wouldn't have been possible, you know, a decade ago. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm sure that that's like the kind of thing that is very, um, you know, uh, situational. I would imagine that, that that is true on a broad scale, but it's probably not true for everyone in every yeah, career. I do. Every, yeah, I do. Like even as I was saying that, like I do want to acknowledge the fact that like – I I am the most privileged class of people in our country <laughs> being a white male and so yep. like obviously 
that isn't a fair statement to just say broadly. And uh, you know, a oh. hundred million percent acknowledge uh, the the lack of representation that I give in that statement. But I mean, it, it is true for me, and so I can I can see why that would drive a trend. I guess it would be yeah, perhaps yeah. a better way to say that. No, exactly. And uh, and I think the trend is the bigger thing to, t- to talk about here because I mean, on the flip side, I'm sure there's people out there who started a business at 20 and are like you know able to. Flip, flip that uh, switch earlier in life, and I'm sure that there's people who will feel overwhelmed their their whole life with uh, like scheduling and stuff, and like there's it's it, but on a broad scale, I think that that's a, a, probably a very true and indicative statement broad, broadly, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting, um, and I, I am like it's it's super interesting and impressive to me that like as I was researching this, I feel like every major shift in this, every change, seems to just make a lot of sense with the times. And uh, I think there's this belief that, you know, the the family unit is being destroyed and, like, we're having so few kids and stuff. You know, we started having less than two kids uh, per household in the 60s or 70s. And, like, or 80s, sorry. Like, the the late 70s, early 80s, we dropped down to, like, 1.8 children per household. And we basically hovered between 1.7 and, like, 2.1 since then. Like... I don't know, man. I just feel like it's it's very interesting that it's uh, that you know changes have happened to the family unit uh, in a lot of different ways, from the amount of kids you have, when you have them, um, you know, whether it's a multi generational or or single generation in kids, or all kinds of different changes, and then you know, marriage, divorce, non traditional family structures with with uh, all kinds of different representation, and it's always never really negatively affecting uh affecting parents ability to be parents uh there's there is was an article i read that said was saying how like t- uh, smartphones are maybe negatively affecting parenting but you know that was uh not in the purview of what i was looking at so it was like kind of yeah i was originally thinking that's maybe where we were going to go uh was to talk about how uh like I have to think about now when my kid gets a cell phone and stuff like that, uh, which is, I mean, I guess my parents did figure that out too, but um, the answer was when cell phones existed, which would have been late middle school or something like that. <laughs> right. Right. No, and I think that's a, a really <clears throat> interesting thing too. We could probably dive into that some other time, but I did, did literally yeah. zero research on that. So yeah. Nick, I do have, I do have one last thing. And was there anything else on your actual main topic? Cause I do have one mm, last little mini. No. Subtalking because I don't know how much of my elitist rambling I'll cut out <laughs> on podcast. <laughs> elitist rib- I don't think it was elitist. I, I no. think that like so one. I, I think that like, I, I know you don't need need me to validate this, but I mean you acknowledge that like your 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 perspective comes from a place of uh, privilege in part, right? Like that's yeah, just the reality of of the world. Like hey, uh, uh, we are you know uh, freaking in America and we are in, uh, I, I don't know about, uh, we're both white cis men. We're very l- exactly. uh, lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, the, I, I think that you're fine to, to still share that, that perspective. Sorry, go ahead. Um, okay. So for our, our post main topic, mini topic, Nick, uh, so I've been, uh, so everybody who's listened to the show for long enough knows that you do your mountain bikey workout stuff. Um, yeah. And, and so you're all about that that life. Um, I throughout my life have been all across the spectrum of uh, diligent at working outness. There have been times where I've done really good, and there's been times where I've done very poorly. And recently, I've been more on the very good, so that's been good. I've been running nice. a lot more. Um, here's the thing, though: like unless it is for a sport, 
I hate it so much. <laughs> like, oh, running? Like, well, all working out. Like, I hate it. Like, I only do it because of the feeling that I get afterwards. And, like, I hear people talking about runner's high and, like, you like you can get past that. I just... No runner's I've, high. I've never experienced this in my entire life. Sorry. Okay. I, I'm, well, okay. No, that's... All, honestly, that's all I wanted. Like, which... So, like, I... If I'm playing football, like I'm, if I'm running routes, playing catch, stuff like that, I don't think about running at all. Like I love it. It's t- a total blast. I enjoy it a ton. Um, but if I'm just running to run, unless there's some competitive reason for me to want to do better, it is so hard to find that motivation. Um, and I find the same thing with weightlifting. Like unless I'm like with somebody and yeah. I have the like the motivation to do good, I – I am the biggest slacker ever on yep. workouts and stuff like that. So, Nick, does uh, your mountain biking stuff qualify in the same way that I like? I I enjoy sport, um, and that is why I, I don't mind working out hard. Like, is that why you like mountain biking, or are are you yeah. a crazy person who just enjoys exhausting themselves and, and almost <laughs> dying? No, uh, honestly, mountain biking has been like exactly that. That uh, so you and I are on the same exact wavelength here. After high school and after like the start of college, I guess, uh, when I basically stopped having uh, the ability to play basketball all the time, I really lost motivation to work out because I had always worked out so that I could play basketball. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, when you're a young adult, it's very easy as a 17 year old or 20 year old or whatever it is. Um, But so I have never been able to do. Uh, I've never had any runner's high in my life. I don't understand what that means. And I, I think people who talk about it are maybe, maybe on other <laughs> other kinds of highs. Um, but like, so, and, and to your to your point about weightlifting, I have only ever been able to to routinely weightlift when I've had a workout buddy who like likes to weightlift. And I, and then I can enjoy it. And then I can enjoy like just kind of the camaraderie of hanging out with people and I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, but uh, those times have been few and far between. The reason that mountain biking has worked for me is that it's kind of gotten me that old school uh, like motivation for a sport thing. Uh, you have a grind of climbing and pedaling and it's like super tiring and super. Uh, it's a very big cardio workout. Um, for people who don't know, climbing up a dirt road at a 30% grade is a lot more annoying than just, you know, going around your neighborhood, especially on these. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the fun part is that it, it enables you to get the downhill trails, which are super super fun. And also, uh, I have had the the super great luck and privilege to be riding with uh, a bunch of really cool people, including my both my brother in laws and my dad and stuff. And like when I started riding, uh, my bro- one brother in law and my dad had been riding together for like uh, like two years or something like that. And so there is also the the kind of the not competitive side. I I, I don't try to compete with them in terms of uh climbing and seeing who's fat who's faster on a climb but at the same time i do need to be able to keep up with them if they like <laughs> yeah. literally just if, they, if i'm literally holding them up for 15 minutes it feels like crap so uh so there's been like a small competitive side and small like drive to keep up kind of side that has helped with that a lot all right, Nick. Uh, well, we should probably move on to our outro here so we can go record our other Patreon-only yeah. podcast of the year. We started another podcast. Um, if you would like, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Uh However, most importantly, if you uh, would be so willing, the way that this grows is word of mouth. So if you have somebody you think would enjoy it, um, definitely share with a friend. You can also follow us on at Tywasap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, basically anything but Snapchat. Uh, you can also check us out at tywasap.com. 
Uh, anyways, Nick, thank you for potting with me. You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening.